Well, good morning. Whew. You know, there's a few times where you come into a, a place and you instantly feel passion that Father has for everything he wants. And I just get that sense that Jesus, who is Lord of all, is burning with Father's passion for his destiny that's hidden to be revealed. And I'm so honored to be part of that. Hello. People start walking weird, you know. Don't get my attention. You know, I call it squirrel moments. I'm like, squirrel. My name is Joshua, and um, I am so blessed to be with you. I've had such a great privilege to get to know the elders um, through my excellent friendship with Derek, who, you know, I can tell a lot, and I'm going to make him uncomfortable. But I can tell a lot about how God cares for what you're doing. I should say what he's doing that he's giving you the opportunity to partner with on the basis of a care package he sent in Derek and Ginger. And I mean that. I could prophesy. People, people say, I, you know, I use a lot of acronyms and alliterations. So I could turn care into a prophetic word right now, but I will spare the care. So uh, anyway, it's really... It's really great to, to be partner with what the Lord is doing and surrender myself fully to the move of Holy Spirit and not try to be in control. You know what kingdom leadership really is? It's not, it's not about control. It's about protecting who should be in charge. And Jesus is the one who's building his church. What we do as kingdom leaders is we don't, we don't take over. No, we steward so that the Lord himself can be more involved in his body than ever before. And I believe, ladies and gentlemen, that we are on a precipice of seeing the greatness of God extended in a new way. And he's giving each one of us an opportunity. What we started in worship today will continue in that vein throughout this entire thing. You're like, how long are you going to preach? I don't, know. I don't know, but I am going to tell you that at the end of last year, I was uh, told by the Lord when I was 20, I answered the call to ministry in 96. I went into ministry almost right away, which I don't know who let me do that, but somebody needs to find him and slap him for doing that. But anyway, you know, I entered the call of God. I moved into ministry right away, and the Lord spoke to me on my 20th birthday, and I'm born in January, and he said, I want you to go to Israel on your 40th birthday. And I want you to be baptized in the Jordan River. I said, okay, I'll do that. Now, I was in the middle of a crisis because I was part of a ministry that didn't believe in the voice of God. So I was like, I might need to seek professional help, you know. Hope, hope that the Lord, the great physician, can help me with my issues. You guys are going to have to help me today now. This is going to be fun if you'll let it be, all right? Getting free can be a lot of fun, by the way. And so I told the Lord yes. And last year, 2020, in January... Uh, we assembled a team to leave. We actually landed in March. There was this little thing going on in March of last year called COVID. Do you remember that? Some of you remember it really well, too well, and we'll deal with that today, praise God, bring you out of your COVID trauma. <clears throat> you know, there is no name that can stand with the name of Jesus. Not cancer, not loss, not divorce, not health issues, 
not death itself. Nothing stands at the same level. Listen, not only can it not stand with the name of Jesus, there is no close second to the name of Jesus. So we went to Israel, took a team of 28 people with my spiritual father, who I honor today, Dr. Don Lynch and Ruth Ann, and they are good spiritual parents, and I love them. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, today you're going to hear things that come from me, hopefully not a whole lot. You're going to hear a lot of things that come from him and his imprint upon my heart. You're going to hear how Holy Spirit and Scripture, all of that together. So i got to give honor where honors do. I honor Holy Spirit in Jesus, and I honor my spiritual father, and I honor you because there's something inside of you. You may not even realize it. Anyway, I go to Israel. I take a, go with a team of 28 people, and I go into the Jordan River, and I get baptized in the cold, muddy Jordan River. Who's been baptized in the Jordan River? Yeah, Cliff, I figured... Got that Jordan's, you know, that old dirty water, you know. But it turns out as I was being baptized in the Jordan, Father began to speak to me. And out of that place, see, sometimes deliverance, listen, deliverance is always not deliverance from something. Sometimes deliverance is deliverance to something. And out of that place, the Lord began to establish a trajectory in my heart to deal with uh, some of the major things that were stumbling issues that I thought for certain I had been over a long time ago, if you ask me. Like, I'm a pretty good, you know. Well, COVID was going on, and we barely got out of Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, we were almost stuck at the border. We got back into Jerusalem, and we flew out literally four hours before they closed down the border. Rediverted our, or diverted our flight to JFK, and we barely got in. I mean, it was a very closed window that we just made through, and, uh, and thankfully I was able to fulfill that that call to go to the Jordan. So some of these things, when we talk about Jericho, Brandon, and uh, those things ring true to me, and I see in my, in my spirit how powerful that trip was and how preparatory it was for where we are today. And let me tell you something. If you don't know this, our nation and the church is in a place that we have never been before. So my heart here today is to express to you some things that the Lord told me. So out of that, I from Jacksonville back into uh, our kingdom center. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida, and I send greetings from Jacksonville, Florida, the first coast where the Huguenots landed um, and danced a revival dance on the shores of the St. John's River and declared a land of revival. And we are contending for that. We want to host the presence of God, not just a visitation, but we want to have a Continual habitation of the Lord's presence, and I believe we'll have some of that today, so I'm excited. But I want to say that in that moment, the Lord came to me with a very strong mandate. Say mandate. I'm going to have you repeat a lot of things today. That's just to keep this half of the room awake because they look sleepy. This room looks great. I'm just saying, oh, they're moving now. No. And the Lord said, Josh, he said, uh, you know, he had, I lead a team of prophets. Me and, again, I work alongside my spiritual father, and I lead a group of nine international um, speakers that work together in what we call prophetic company. And that prophetic company produces one sound from many voices. It's beautiful. And they began to speak into my life. And whenever I hang around prophets, I love, I pull the prophet out of Derek when I hang out with them. I'm like, I want the prophet. You know, you're a good guy, but I really want the prophet. So I'm going to honor you enough to get to the prophet in you, you know. And so uh, I hang out with these guys, and they begin to, to speak the word of the Lord to me. And I come out of this moment with them, and I come into the, to the, you know, the process with uh, taking that prophetic word through interpretation. And all of a sudden, 
shockingly enough to me, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord says to me, he said, Josh, wherever you go in 2021, I want you to lay hands on any person that wants to receive ministry. So today, if you stick with me and if you feel, and here's what I expect to happen, the Lord himself will begin through the Holy Spirit hovering to reveal in you the things that God wants to separate out of your life. Now, this, I've seen this most this year in physical healing. I also see it in areas of easy deliverance. Say easy. Easy. I mean, we don't, we don't have screamers or shouters. It's easy. Jesus never allowed unauthorized demonic speech. Did you know that? They came and threw themselves down at his feet, and they started yelling, and he said, shut up. I'm the one who sets the agenda here. It's not like it was some big battle and we had to interview each other to find out who's who. But Jesus said, I know who I am. And the demon's like, I know who you are too. Shut your mouth. And he did. That's what authority Jesus carries. And listen, Jesus has given us authority, hasn't he? So I do believe the hovering of Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to you today. And whoever wants ministry, if you stick with me, the sleepers, you're automatically disqualified. But if you want to receive ministry today, I'm going to pray for you. And it's not going to be easy. And the elders, I, I, they called me and I was talking to them. And, I, and the Lord had already told me, I was here a couple months ago, and the Lord had told me, whatever these men, this is how God believes in this assignment. This is how, listen, I don't, flattery is often the enemy to true honor. Let me tell you something. When the Lord speaks to me about people, I listen really good. Because I like the people the Lord likes. If you have issue with the Lord, I'm not, you're not going to be somebody I hang out with for long. Probably because you won't like me after long, which is a compliment. But the Lord said to me, he said, Joshua, whatever these men ask of you, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. So they said, hey, you know, we don't, you're coming down for this couple days with the leaders and we're going to spend time together. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, awesome, man. These guys want to have a relationship. This is awesome. Even though we come from different cultures, and I may use words, and you're like, you know, that may not be your word, but let Holy Spirit interpret. Don't let him be an interrupter. Let him be an interpreter. Oh, he can interrupt too, though. I've had some interpreters. You probably have too. There were more interrupters than interpreters. And you, you're preaching, and you listen. You know, in Brazil, I was like, what would you just say? That is not what I said. I know enough Portuguese to know that's not what I said. Let's correct that right now. But let him speak to you, even as he begins to convince you. Did you know faith and convincing are the same? Holy Spirit didn't just come in the world to convict the world of unrighteousness. He came to convince the world of righteousness. He'll begin to convince you if you'll let him. He'll begin to say, you know that thing you've been living with? The lie of hell that told you I will spend the rest of my life living with that. That very thing, he'll begin to bring it to the surface in the hovering just like he did at creation. Bring it up from the, from the depth. Bring it up to the very top. And all of a sudden, that which was hard becomes easy. I'm signing up for that. He said, whatever these guys ask you to do, I want you to do. I said, but Lord... I mean, I've never been here before in this building. We had a few people last time. I had no idea how many people would be here. And I don't know how to turn off my faithfulness. When I start ministering, man, I go at it. I'm just there. And my wife's like, honey, you know, you need to be able to walk when this is through. And I don't do it in some showy way. I mean, I'm, I feel the passion of God. Like, you can't be heart of the Father and not have passion. I was thinking about this, Derek, when we were talking, you know, 
Derek messed me up with his insight. You know, his revelation is scary. But I was talking with the elders, and I was thinking about that passage in Romeo and Juliet. Do you remember that? When he says, name, or she says, I don't know, one of them. Name, what's in the name? I said, you just gave yourself the biggest obligation to be called the heart of the Father. And every person who enters those doors will already have some sort of pre-diagnosed understanding of what Father really is. And your job as sons and daughters of God is to deal with all the misconceptions of who he is that came out of trauma, came out of pain, came out of religion, which is worse than all those other two. And you will be an expression of his, of his heart in the earth. Man, I feel the anointing on that. You'll be an expression on his heart in the earth. And listen, your life will become adventurous. You'll begin to see and understand. You'll begin to walk through the, the deep inner healing that you got when your mom wasn't there when she was supposed to be or when she put a, uh, she put a title on you or an expectation you could never live up to and you constantly found yourself in a cycle. This is for somebody. In a cycle of feeling like you can never live up to somebody else's expectation. God's going to set you free from emotional bondage to people and all of a sudden he will sink deep in our hearts his fear, his reverence, his holiness and we'll find ourselves truly who we always were to begin with. My spiritual father likes to say, all transformation is re all restoration is transformation, and all transformation is restoration back to what? This is not even in my notes. I haven't started yet. You're in trouble. But here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Scariest passage in the Bible to me is, in that day many will come and say, Lord, Lord, did I not? If that doesn't put the fear of the Lord in you, you ought to wake up. You know what that means? That means don't look to the people who can do the stuff because some of them are going to get there and he's going to be like, look, uh, I, I don't know how you got in here. I don't know who you are, but get out. He goes, because I wrote a book about you before you were ever made. I knitted you together, formed and fashioned and forged you in the fire so that you could be a walking representative and this is your book and that's what you did. So I'm so sorry. I don't know who you are. I don't know who I'm looking at. They keep talking about, you know, the, the, the word and it's not them. I don't mean them. They introduced this, this new wording to me, this new language to me, and now it's just all over the place. Matter of fact, tonight, tonight <laughs> you got scared. Today, <laughs> when I lay hands on those of you who are hungry for something from the Lord, for a new beginning. Come on, if you need a new beginning, just stand up and say, I need a new beginning. I don't care who you are, just say, I need a new beginning. I'm standing up. I need a new beginning. There's some stuff trying to come into my new season. I'm saying, nope, you stay back there. I don't want it. You can keep it. That means, sometimes that means a new anointing. Did you know that? Your anointing of yesterday, it may have been great back then, but it is not good today. It will not meet the need of what this coming in this new season. Okay, you can be seated. Look how obedient you are. You didn't even sit down. I like that. It's hunger. Yeah, he's like, I'm still standing. I like that. So we respond to that in the spirit. We, we respond to what he wants. Listen, we say this so cliche but we really need to understand when you say something like, it's all about what you want, that statement has a high price. That statement has a high price. And it's easy to say a big old yes to it. God, whatever you want in worship on Sundays. Allison and team up there, you know. Worshiping, giving you an opportunity to enter into something God's doing. And listen, worship is not a spectator sport. 
the days of us looking to something on the stage and going, whoa, that's great, man. I can just enjoy what they're doing. Those days are over. Praise the Lord. I don't even want to remember those days anymore. And guess what? If you're in this generation, that's what your heartbeat is too. You just need to discover it. But anyway, we'll get there. It's good preaching. I'm just still my introduction. I haven't even talked about my lovely wife yet for 15 years of marriage and how wonderful she is. Who's, by the way, if they ever let me come back again, which is right now, it's doubtful. But as I keep going, it could be really doubtful. I'm going to see if she'll, if she'll dance because her prophetic dance is world class. Yeah. Sorry, I just made it hard for the elders. They're like, well, now, you know what we're going to do now? Sorry. I set you up for that one, Dave. That's it's a high price to say what God wants. You know what? It's, it's not only a high price, but it's, it's a call upon a people to say that and live it. What I found, and I went to seminary for church growth, and I survived, praise God, and I came back, and, and I'm the exact opposite of what I learned to be, because that's what Holy Spirit will do. He will mess you up. He will deal with your identity. People call him a gentleman. I don't know any gentleman slaps you in the face and knocks you down in front of your friends. That's what he does. I mean, has he never done that to you before? Get ready. He won't do it to me. I dare you to say that out loud right now. He won't do it. Won't he do it, somebody? Won't he do it? <laughs> See, you don't know right now what I'm doing is I'm bringing your defenses down. <laughs> Look at your neighbors. It's about to get real. Words are dangerous. Words are dangerous. Words have meaning, value. God writes words. He speaks words. Words are powerful. Words like heart, the place that produces passion in life, of where it comes from, and the Father, the most misinterpreted and misunderstood person in all of history. And so God comes to Lakeland. However he did this, I heard Barry's story. And, and it's not just Barry. It's you if you're here, if, you're, if you belong here. And I hope you do. But it's a, it's a call to represent someone bigger than yourself. And I love that because, you know, I consider that a big compliment when he says, you know, you're a true minister, which means, you know, even it, Paul declared it, you know, over his own spiritual sons. He's like, yeah, man, Timothy, there's something different about Timothy. He's after the things of Christ. He, he's not for himself. He's not about himself. And I want there to be a people on the earth. And if it's here, listen, watch out hell. If it's here where people are like, I'm not here representing myself. Representation is powerful. When you're a representative, you're authorized to be greater than you are without that authorization. What does Holy Spirit do? He comes upon you as authorization to represent somebody. Not you, walk, you don't see that's what grace looks like. You don't walk in proud because hey, I represent God. No, you don't. You don't represent God if you're walking in pride. God does not think more highly ought or more highly than he should about himself. Why? Because it's impossible. As high as he can think, he is. So you don't receive a strut, you get a limp. That one got me. Some of you are waiting for God to heal something natural. He just wants you to get some revelation about what's going on, what he's trying to communicate through it. So he can say at the end of the day, at the end of the story, I used it for my good. 
And maybe if you'll have your spiritual limp, you'll lose that physical one because you don't need it anymore. Like, wait a minute, I remember how I walk. I remember the fall. See, once you fall a few times, like when I went to Brazil before when the Lord said, Don't go, and I went anyway. It's like some young people, you know, tell me, I'm gonna go to missions. I'm, I'm like, Are you called? You better be called. Are you sure you're called? You might want to be called. Don't forget you're called. Make sure you're called. Don't you better call somebody because you will be over there calling somebody, right, Dave? You'll be calling somebody, come help, come help. Send help. Ain't no help for you when you're there, you know? You better be ready. That's why you got leaders look you in your face and go, now I know your mama told you you're ready, and I know your daddy told you you're ready, and I know you felt like the Lord in your closet told you you're ready, sweetheart, but you ain't ready. And then they leave the church like, I'm so upset because they said I was ready, and they said I won't ready. They don't know how awesome I am. Ooh. Be careful. You represent somebody. And we have this this calamity right now of lacking the kind of kingdom leaders that can really represent Christ in a way that he is able to move the way he wants to. It's a, it's a problem. And I travel, and I, you know, this, I just started traveling in the U.S., so more, but I'm traveling mostly in nations, and I'll tell you this, wherever I go, I, never, I don't see a lack of anointing, I don't see a lack of gifting, I don't see a lack of books that you read or halfway read, if we're honest. I don't, see, I don't see that, but what I do see is a, a demonstrable level of leadership challenge because men lack the heart of the Father. And you know what the problem is, really? Is that we let them get away with it. I'm being real with you. Is that okay? We can let them get away with it. Not only do we, that, we, we, celebrate, we celebrate people that don't meet that standard. And by celebrating them, they assume they're validated. And fake book is the worst of all. Fake book is not kingdom authorization. Did you know that? Come on now. I'm going. You want to come too? Oh, that's what you think, buddy. Get ready. Those two years I told you about, they're coming. I prophesied two years of identity crisis for him. He's like, oh, this is going to be great. Oh, my God, what just happened? You wish I'd get in my notes, don't you? See, I'm going I'm to get there. I'm probably not going to go up here, though. Is that all right? I'm more comfortable down here. So, no, sir, I'm good. Thank you. I probably will just open and close it anyway, to be honest. <laughs> so now you get to know me. So uh, we, we uh, had been praying for Lakeland probably. I had a dream about Lakeland eight years ago. Um, and a very important time in the history of this ministry. I knew nothing about Lakeland at all. I mean, I was, except that God had marked Lakeland for outpouring, and we had seen kind of the ugly side of the outpouring. Isn't that sorry? I mean, I didn't get to partake. I got to hear that part, you know. But guess what? I walk up on this land, and I can tell you this land is marked. And no matter how the enemy works or how bad we mess up, He's going to have his purpose done in this land. And guess what? Here's my question that the, that, the, that the Lord of Angel Armies asked me this morning in my dream at 4.11 in the morning when I woke up. He said, whose side are you on when it comes to what I want to do in Lakeland? I'm on your side. So coming into 2020, I have this encounter. The Lord's like, you're going to lay hands on every person. And then these guys are like, hey, can you come? Can you also preach on the Sunday morning? And before I think about it, I remember the word of the Lord said, 
Make sure wherever you go this year in 2021, you lay hands on any person who wants ministry. Then I think pray for everybody. And then I, I, then I think to myself, oh, no, I just agreed to minister on a Sunday morning in their regular church service. And I have no idea how many people go to this church. I don't know how hungry they are because I want to make it really hard. Listen, I'm serious. Are you ready? I'm going to give you a caution about coming up here if you're not ready. Here's why. Jesus made it easier to leave him than to follow him. See, I feel so free here. Like, I feel so free here. Who are you people? The Lord spoke to me about you two guys this morning when I turned to look at you about the destiny that's on your life. Are you reaching for your phone or a gun? Like, my, fr my friend, my friend, my friend, G.I. Joe's right there, okay? Just consider. I'm just kidding. In our ministry, we're so used to the prophetic. As soon as you start talking to somebody, they're like trying to find their phone. And they buy the largest phones. I'm like, you know, if you've got a smaller flip phone like the old school, you can really get it out quick. But that big old phablet that's in your pocket. <laughs> anyway, I want to pray for you guys. The word on your life is powerful. It's strong. I saw you. I was in the tent where Peter was dealing at the, first, at the early church. And uh, you remember the liars that held back what belonged to the Lord? And had used it to their own gain, Ananias and Sapphira. And the Bible says there were young men in the tent standing ready to take them out and bury them. And he said, you're the kind of men that are faithful enough to do that, even that kind of work. He said, but get ready because I'm not going to use you to carry the dead thing out. I'm going to use you to bring the living thing in. I was in the tent. It was wild. I was like, ooh, this is wild. I got this new thing that Dave gave me. Don't do it. What are you, what's, Dave, what do you do to these folks? I mean, come on, man. My mouth is dry. And I have a wife who will tell me, sends me a text message the other day. She's like, drink some water, you're foaming. I know she loves me. It's true. Faithful are the wounds of a true friend. Some of y'all are still trying to figure out who your true friends are. Listen, the people that wounded you may be the best friends you got. See how I do that? I just get that and just right there. It's going. It's a really powerful word for you today, man. All your faithfulness over the years. You, yes, you. So... And you're like, are you going to prophesy to everybody? No. I'm not going to do that. I mean, please don't make me do that. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lay hands on you and seal what God does in you now. It's going to be what you do in this moment that matters the most. You know, we do something called freedom ministry. And freedom ministry is essentially it's a discipling, discipling uh, opportunity where things occur, such as deliverance and healing and uh, deep works. People get discipled because discipleship is 90% is dealing with 90% of who you're not. Your issue is not who you are. Your issue is you believed who you're not. And you got to have people love you to tell you that.
Because in the consumer Christianity that we find before us all over the world, no one feels good enough to tell somebody and look them in the eye and say, you are not that, honey. You are not that. Sorry, I'm making it hard on the cameraman. Somebody, are you okay? All right. Okay, good. You're good. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm having fun. I'm among family, it feels like. It really does. So thank you. So I come into Roaring Twenties, which we call it Roaring Twenties. The reason is we call it the decade of the Roaring Twenties. If you, why aren't you on the front row? Come on, that's the first yes I got all day. Yes, let's do it again. Roaring Twenties. Now, if you remember back in the 1920s, they called it the Roaring Twenties for a different reason. But in the Kingdom, the Roaring Twenties, I believe, will release five roars of a Roaring Ecclesia. Now, today I'm going to give you two for free. Are you ready? Number one, the first thing the Lord told me about the roaring 20s was this. He goes, I'm going to release a roar of deliverance. Remember, deliverance is not just delivered from. It ain't done until you've been delivered to. Like I can kick a demon out just like you can, by the way. I mean, unless you want it, <laughs> which can be a problem. But the reality is, hey. The reality is, my friend, I don't, she, children's ministry. Hey, children's minister over there behind the black thing. I want to make sure I get to play, pray for the kids today. All right, cool. There's a, if you want to be the heart of the father, you have to understand his heart for children. There's no junior Holy Spirit. Listen, I got some stories. There's children dealing uh, in healing around the world right now. Where adults can't receive from adults, they come in, they receive from children. It is the wildest thing. I mean, the faith like a child, I'm going to talk about that in a minute, but that thing is so strong. All right, first roar of the roaring Ecclesia. You ready? First roar, he said, roar of deliverance. I'm like, man, Lord, that's so good. He goes, yeah. He said, but listen, he goes, it's not just a roar of deliverance like people are going to get set free only. And I'm like, that's great. I love being set free. I was so in bondage until somebody walked me through. I mean, discipled me into freedom dealt truth to me in a way that showed me who I wasn't. And then I was so shocked that I believed him. So he took me to the story where Jesus is in the ship. Now, this is a true story. You ready? I'm just giving you a summary because i got to get to what I'm actually talking about. The roar that I feel in here today we're going to release. It's going to be so good. All right, listen. He said, Josh, how do you, he said, you know how you know What's in the heart of a man? This is Father talking to me as I'm reading his word. I'm reading the story of Jesus. You know, he just does this miracle. He's crossing over. All the big bad disciples are like, we're something else, man. We're going. They get halfway. The boat starts to sink because a storm blows up. Remember that? Actually, the, the picture in, in, see, it's real easy to think about. Oh, no, they're going under. No, listen. That uh, original language says the boat was no, no longer going forward. It was going down. Once they realize they were no longer moving forward, they call upon Jesus. How do you know what's in a man's heart? I'll tell you. You listen to what comes out of him as soon as he wakes up. They go to Jesus to wake him up. He wakes up. What comes out of him? Deliverer. Gets up. He says, storm, which he actually calls out a name. He rebukes a name in the storm, by the way. Storm. 
I silence your power. I bind your work. I, he deals with it. All of a sudden, he's like, guys, come on. Didn't I tell you we were going across? Haven't you, after what you just saw? But you see his nature come out. See, Jesus is a deliverer. He's not just a deliverer, but he is a deliverer. And it's lovely, beautiful work. It can be messy, but it doesn't mean we should shut it out. It's beautiful. It needs to be done well, done right, done in protocol. Make sure, you know, make sure the Lord remains in charge of it. Doesn't become something it's not. But it, He needs to be seen as a deliverer. If you're going to have the heart of the Father, people are going to have to get free. Now, some of y'all have been set free here. I can look at faces like, man, I was a different person when I got here. A powerful story somewhere right in here. I don't know who that is. There's more of that coming in this roaring 20s. First thing he said, deliver. So I went throughout scripture and I found all the instances where God shows up as a deliverer. And there were a lot of them. He said, here's why intercession is so powerful. In the roar of deliverance. He said, Moses, this is just me reading the word. He's just talking to me. You know, your word is powerful. Read your Bible. Get in it. Develop it. Just eat it up. You know, you're re you can do references all day long, but what I like to hear is people talk without references. And when I start hearing the word come out of them, I know, okay, it's not about an index card. It's about what's been written in their heart. So I'm, he's talking, he says, you know what? He said, look at this. He goes, the people stuck, the Israelites stuck in Egypt. They cried out for 400 years for a deliverer. Man, we cry out 40 minutes and get tired, don't we? 40 seconds. Lord, help me. The Lord's like, and I said, help me. What else, what else does you want to know? 400 years. They're filling up bowls. 400 years. The Bible says intercession goes up and fills bowls. You've been filling bowls. I know it. I've been, I've, this woman here, I, Julian, Diane, got it, see? Diane, I called, the first thing I thought this morning with Diane was, I was like, you know what, before I start praying I, or preaching, I need to get Diane to pray with me. Because where we come from, what we've learned is intercession is not something you do for the ministry. Intercession is the ministry. He said, 400 years of intercession in a bowl, put in the belly of Moses. He delivered to them 400 years of intercession. All of a sudden, no devil in hell. He goes to the very highest principality in Egypt and deals with it first. That's why when they say, <laughs> you ever go to prison? Won't ever go. But if you ever go to prison, you take on the biggest, baddest dude first. Why? Because the minute you take the highest level of authority, everything else below it falls down. He walks up in there. He deals with that crocodile spirit from the Nile. By the way, that word serpent is really crocodile. It's not a snake. Big old, just grab the tail. Why? Yeah, a snake. Grab a tail of a snake. Not a big deal. I can do that. No, my wife could do it. I couldn't do it, but my wife could do it. But, you know, throw a crocodile down there and grab that tail. Anyway. Mess your Bible stories up. But he said to me, Josh, in 2020s, you'll hear a roar of deliverance. He goes, and people, things people have been walking through for decades. I will set them so free in the, the roaring 20s. You know how I know it's true? Because January 2nd. 2020, I need. I started feeling that feeling you get when something's not right. It's like, Lord, what is this? 
He's like, I said to you, son, that people are going to get deliverance. It's going to change their life. He goes, why don't we start with you? I said, sounds good to me. See, beware of anybody who doesn't become a product first before they try to sell a product. I need my organ. <laughs> I just want to hear your laugh. All right, are you ready to get on second roar? Here's what I'm talking about today. He said, Josh, in the roaring 20s, he said, you are going to see the healing roar released from Ecclesia. You know, Jesus, he healed on the earth. He healed all kinds of conditions, skin conditions. This is one of the reasons he told me, he said, you're going you're gonna to embrace every person. You're going to reach. And this was when they were like, don't touch anybody. It's gotten easier now. Nobody's wearing the, you know, full head mask, mask with the things on the side. Or the other crazy things we saw people wear, like the spaghetti strainer. That doesn't work. That doesn't do anything. But they wear it anyway. Fear makes you look ridiculous. Did you know that? Fear of man is even worse. But normal fear? He said, Jesus heals all kinds of skin conditions. Skin conditions. Healed them. He healed fever. Everything he came in contact with in his earthly ministry, he healed. Every time he got in front of somebody. Here's why. Because he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wherever I go, where other now I do what Father says, and I go where Father sh shows me to go, and I, I stay to represent the heart of the Father. I don't look at my own self. I don't look at my own goals. This is the Son of God, Son of Man, and yet he said, I'm going to watch Father, and whatever he does, I'm going to do it. Not only that, I'm only going to do it where I can go in the power of Holy Spirit. Goes with Father, finds himself in places. Everything that comes in front of him. My, my son is sick, healed. My daughter's sick, healed. Oh, why do you, what do you mean they're asleep? He's dead, healed. Everywhere he went, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of church. No, kingdom of heaven. I mean, think about it. Here's the other thing that's interesting. Did you know that one of the disciples was a physician? Did you know that? Physicians have a tendency to be focused on physical things. Would you agree? Jesus chose this physician on purpose, didn't he? He said, you didn't chose me. You didn't choose me. Y'all get me drunk in the Holy Ghost. You didn't choose me. I chose you. And then he said, Father, you gave these disciples to me. What were you thinking? You're, I'm going to change the world with these guys? Hey, listen, some of us look a lot worse than that. I mean, some of us, not me, but some of us. Everywhere they went, there's a physician with them everywhere. Do you know the, in all of the letters we capture in the gospel, they never reported in the gospel accounts one disciple getting sick. They were with leprous, they were in hazmat, they were in... Death, decay. I mean, back then the world was pretty gross anyway. But they went into the grossest of the gross and carried something in the proxy. You're like, well, that's only because they were with Jesus. Exactly my point. I'm just tearing that lie down. 
So he healed, he healed all kinds of sicknesses. He healed because it was Father's will for his creation to be in a good condition. Let me say that again. He healed because it was Father's will for his creation to be in a good condition. Was it good condition before the fall? Is Jesus not the second Adam? Now, I know there's great teaching in this place, and everyone seems a little like, is he tricking us? It's not a trick question. Everything I ask you, the answer is going to be yes. Do you want me to come back? I'm not kidding. That's a joke. <laughs> so he healed because it's Father's will for his creation. Do you agree that it's Father's will for his creation to be in a good condition? So why are we not seeing a better condition of creation? Is it his fault or ours? Remember what I told you earlier, remember? Jericho, he goes, when they go around and you hear me do my thing, blow my shofar, my voice, he goes, then match what I'm doing. And we will do it together. There is nobody else in this region, ladies and gentlemen, that can carry the same anointing to be true to a call like you have. Those who can show people what the heart of the Father looks like. Do you know Jesus was my way to the Father? I, I was never mesmerized. Now, obviously, I'm mesmerized with him. The Father, Jesus was my way there. Now, obviously, I'm mesmerized with him now and with his spirit. Can I just say one thing Barry said to me? Blew my life up. In a good way. And it's, it's all come back together again. So pieces of me flying everywhere. No, it was good. Actually, all these guys have said something different that have marked me. And I told and my wife and I, I'm, I'm marked. I'm going back different. But this is what he said. I, I said, Barry, you got to help me, man. We don't use words like this. What does covenant community mean? Can I, can I share what you, what you said to me? Is that okay? Listen. He said, this is the oneness of the Trinity expressed in covenant communion. I'm like, oh, it hit me like a, a, like a hammer to the, to the head. And I realized, I got it. I saw it. There's lots of language for it. But if you're going to represent the heart of the Father, you can't undervalue covenant. I just dealt with this in our region last weekend. Here it comes here. And I said this to the group leaders. I said, listen, the enemy will push you to run to a cave. You know, there's a whole bunch of uh, prophetic voices. I might as well hit this while I'm here, too. Now, whoever you think I'm talking about, I'm not talking about. I know it by the Spirit. But this is everywhere. It's rampant. And I deal with purifying the prophetic. I've got a book series about it. Don't buy my books. Apparently, I can't say buy my books. Don't buy them. See how I recovered that, Derek? This is how you help me learn, see? I'm listening to you. No, but really. Here's the problem. They're running around and they're they're peddling an idea that people the prophets should be raised in caves when the best place for Rafaba, the best place for prophets to be raised is not in caves, it's in covenant. Yeah, here's why. Undeveloped prophets love caves. Because what they'll do is they'll say, hey, I, I get to skip the entire discipleship process because I'm a prophet. Not first. First you're a son or daughter. Then we'll talk about being a prophet. Because if you misrepresent Christ, Lord help us. Whose side 
are you on? So, a craftsman loves the works of his hands. A craftsman loves the works of his hands. Don't you agree with that? Listen to this, Psalm 73. With your very own hands, you formed me. Put your right hand on your navel. Say, you formed me. Now, this breaks rejection. This breaks self-image issues. This breaks the feeling like you're rejected as an individual. Because no matter what people have said about you, doesn't matter. Why? Because he formed you. You didn't have a say in it. You didn't get an opinion. You didn't take a straw poll. You didn't say how high, how short. You didn't say anything. You didn't even get to say what family you came or how you would get into this world. Some of you are like, oh, I'm a product of a rape. So what? He formed you. He wanted you. Only God can take something like that and do what he wants to do with it. That's why he's God and we're not. Now breathe your wisdom over me so I can understand you. Oh, my. Da, 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 da. To, to walk in understanding, you got to have that breath over you. Breathe your breath over me that I may walk in understanding. That sounds like covenant community to me. Why? Because understanding is simply this. I'm standing underneath something. When Derek was talking earlier about that high aerial view that I saw, and I was like, yes, Derek, yes, why? Because we're like, you know, me and God, me and God. But do you know that every, every, every letter written in your Bible was written to a group of people? Every letter written in your Bible was sent to an on-fire church. You're like, is that true? I'll tell you it's true. You know how I know? Even the Corinthians, Paul's like, listen, I know you guys got amazing stuff going on there, but you guys are carnal. We got to get it together. I don't want you to shut the gifts down. Don't despise prophecy. But listen, if we're going to do it, we got to do it right. And my goodness, we need a church somewhat where that can do the stuff right. I want to walk under your standing. I want to walk under your standing. Breathe over me. When they see me waiting, expecting your word, those who fear you, who's somebody talked about the fear of the Lord being released? One of you, maybe all three of y'all said it this weekend. The fear of the Lord. Yeah, they keep pointing this way. I thought it was Barry that said. Derek said it to you. All I get all y'all confused. In the spirit, you all look alike to me. No, I'm kidding. Like sons of God. That's what you look like. This is a good, you know, it's good when people are on the front row. I just want to shake your hands. You're in the splash zone. All right, here we go. A handyman loves, listen, so first thing, he wants the world in good, good condition. Do you agree? Say yes. Does that mean your life? Like, oh, I mean, yes to them, but to me, that's what I'm working on right now. B, B, just in case you wanted to know. A handyman loves to put things back in order. Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Woo! Second reason Jesus did this, he healed because he loved his creation. 
he moved with compassion. He moved with compassion. I was uh, in a meeting the other day with some of y'all, and I went to minister to Randy and his wonderful wife, Fiona. I just made that up. Madeline? That wasn't even close to F. I mean, I don't know what. It's the wrong side of the alphabet. He moved with compassion. Jesus was gripped, man. If you're going to be the heart of the Father, you've got to move in compassion. I read this verse that blew me up. I was doing a series on kingdom culture back home in, in our ministry there, and I was talking about kingdom culture, and I said, here's where we're falling short. The Bible says bear one another's burdens and, and so fulfill the law of Christ, right? That word bear is crazy. That word bear means... It's like when you're putting up a tomato plant and you stake a pole in the ground and it gives the vine the stability to grow up. That means somebody in your covenant community is going to need something you carry and you're going to have to be so distracted by their need that you forget about your own. You say, I'm here to bear your burden. And when we all do this together, every need will be met. You know what? Probably one of the only reasons we're in deficit many times is because we're not doing this. Is that? Am I shaming the devil and telling the truth? I think we have we find ourselves in deficit because we got people who are like, oh, that's part of what y'all do, but not me. You know, ecclesia is a word we don't throw around, ladies and gentlemen. Ecclesia means the congregation, the assembled, the heavenly legislation on earth. Jesus healed because he loves his creation. Jesus healed to show forth the works of God and to make clear. Listen, this is so good. I don't know who wrote this, but I think it was me. Make clear God's very nature. Bam. Jesus shows up on the scene, clears it all up. He's like, you thought you knew the God of the Old Testament? Know him through me. You think you understand the covenants? Know it through me. You think we're done with the law and the prophets? Nuh-uh. I'm here to bring to fullness the law and the prophets. And if you look through the lens of Jesus and understand the God of the old, you will see a different nature than what's, what's painted in religion. God is good. It's so easy to forget it, though, because of all the bad. God is good. Listen, this is why we have to be so careful as we learn where I come from. You have to be careful to choose your influences. You're watching stuff that's creating toxic poison for your spirit, man. And every time you try to get a new revelation, your soul is so discombobulated that it never reaches fullness where it can actually grow up and produce something. Because the pollution there, the toxicity of the soil. I'm not saying you, I'm saying, you know, people out there, but not us as much. But it's tricky right now. Listen, the world's trying to pollute you and make it look like chewable gummies to destroy what God does in your spirit. Everything that God does in your life starts in your spirit. Did you know that? Different time. Jesus healed to show forth the works of God to make God's nature clear. Because tradition had already tainted it. Remember he said... You know, here I am before you, you guys missed it because of your traditions. 
They're like, we were the ones, we studied it the most. You know, the ones who study the most missed it. This is not an intellectual exercise. Listen, we did ourselves a disservice. We, we so lifted up intellectualism that we turned into something, of, an idol of itself. We became, we, we became doctrinal, we moved into doctrinal idolatry. I'm taking a risk saying that. I know doctrine is important, please. Sola Scriptura. I believe in good doctrine. I'm just saying it is not a replacement for knowing God for yourself. See, there's no power, as we say back home, there's no power in the truth about the truth. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Did he not? Sickness, is it a work of heaven? Let me say it again. Did God make you sick according to Scripture? I love that. He goes to the, you know, to the man, you know, the leper. I think it was a leper. He healed somebody. I got too many outlines going, and I got too many rainbow words for you. It's, I blame you for not knowing the reference. One of your teachers will know it. He goes to the man, heals the man. They, they want to question him. They're like, who, who sinned, this man or his parents? He's like, Jesus like, you're missing the point so that I will be glorified. Because anywhere I show up, that's why I only go where I'm sent. The reason I have boldness to preach like this, like someone's going to be healed today, and I know it, maybe everybody, and you're like, you can't believe it. I absolutely believe it right now. I'll be shocked if not every person who has a physical illness is not healed. I'm, I'll be shocked. I have a choice. I can believe the best and side with God, or I can believe my own experience. But childlike faith says I will not let a pattern where things did not line up with Scripture become my future prophecy. I won't let it happen, and either should you. Jesus is like, I showed up, I'm already running the miles. Jesus showed up, he's like, if you're in front of me, Andrew, you're Andrew, right? Yeah, the beard threw me off. He's got the beard anointing, I want that. Him and Joe and some other you guys, but no ladies, thankfully. Um, you'll get that later. If I get in front of Andrew and, Andrew and I'm on assignment, I'm sent in the authority of my assignment. He said, everywhere I go, Father sends me. Why? Because I'm operating in the authority of my assignment. That's where my authority comes from. It comes in me doing everything Father's asked me to do. That's why I stay within my borders and I stay within my boundaries because I want to get in front of you with boldness and say, if you're sick, it's going to be healed today, not later. And you can prove me wrong if you really want to, but in my reality, which is Scripture-based, God didn't want you sick, and if I'm here and he sent me, it's because he wants to unwrong the right. 